0: And just clap your hands and worship God for a moment. Amen. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I love love being home. And uh, it's such a privilege to, to get to be here, to see everybody, and uh, just to be in the presence of God, most of all, Amen. The pres—it's it's an amazing thing to be in the presence of God, and and I am uh, grateful for what God has done, and what God is doing, and for what He's going to do here today, Amen. How many of y'all came expecting God to do something? All right. I uh, I feel like we need to do something before we move on, and I really just want to turn our focus to God. Would that be all right? And so right now, all over this place, why don't we just lift up our hands right where you're standing, just for a, a brief moment, and would you just magnify the name of the Lord in your own words. If you feel like praying in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Holy Ghost, but why don't you just plug in just for a moment. Would you lift up your voice all over this place? Let's worship the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Go ahead. Would you lift your voice in this place? Hallelujah. Now, one more time, why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord? Just like the Bible said, why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord and shout unto God with the voice of triumph? Would you do that right now? Forget about the schedule. Forget about what's going on. Why don't you just give God a shout? Why don't you shout unto God, Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. I, I feel a release to go on, and so we're going to do that in the presence of the Lord. Esther chapter 4, if you turn there with me, Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. And I want to take a moment and uh, honor my father and my mother. I appreciate them very, very, very much. And I and so, amen, let's give the Lord a round of applause for them. That'd be all right. I am so so blessed and honored to uh have grown up, you know, in their home and uh, just I, I really, really am, you know, I, I thank God for that constantly, uh just for the the place that he put me in and the parents he gave me, a uh, you know, parents that were determined to to seek God, to love God, uh that were not fake but were real, had absolute you know showed us their humanity but at the same time showed us how to continue to persevere that is the key of being a believer paul said i've run the good race you know he said i've endured in other words i've i've had tests but i've continued on you know he said i pressed toward the mark right the prize of the high calling which is in christ jesus and he's letting us know look i i there's a pressing within me there's an enduring within me there's a continuing a going on within me it doesn't mean everything's going to be all right 100 percent of the time amen but he understood i'm going to continue on in the things of the lord and so i appreciate them uh my, my parents and all they've done in their uh, walk with god and for us and i also honor uh my my wife and my two boys, my wife is really not feeling good uh today, so, you know, pray for her, and uh, my boys are here, appreciate them very, very much. This morning, uh, my mom was helping getting the boys ready, and then I had to get one of the boys ready, and I quickly realized how much I need my wife, <laughs> as I'm wiping up, you know, mocos and stuff, and trying to put the pants on little David and whatnot, and he's squirming around. So I honor her. I appreciate her very much. I love her very much and, and so grateful for her. Don't know what I would do without her. And, uh, and so I appreciate that. I also honor my brother and my sister Abby, uh, who's here. I appreciate them very much. I love them. Oh, there he is. All right. And, uh, and every one of you that's here today, my Grandma Mary is here as well, my Uncle Tommy. And I love them very much. I'm grateful for my family and the family of God that is here. Esther chapter 4, verse uh, 14. And the Bible says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this and Esther bade them or told them to return to Mordecai this answer go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat uh, nor drink three days night or day I also and my maidens will fast likewise and so will I go in unto the king which is not according to the law and I love this part here she says and if I perish I perish. If I die, I die. If I go, I go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to keep on anyway. I'm going to find a way where there is no way, and I'm going to trusting god in that amen why don't you put your bibles to one side and let's lift up our hands one more time and let's just pray jesus we thank you for the privilege to be in this house right now would you lift your voice with me church would you pray and i pray god that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today i give you glory i thank you for what you're about to do i take authority over every sickness over every disease right now god that would try to hinder the people of god and i pray that your will be done. We thank you and we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why don't you clap your hands and magnify the Lord one more time in great expectation of what God's going to do. amen what a powerful testimony thank you so much sister both of you all for coming and testifying about the power of god how many of y'all know that when jesus is in the building anything is possible how many of you really believe and know that when jesus is here anything is possible matter of fact it doesn't really matter what you feel like as long as jesus is here anything is possible that's about fifty percent that believe that because it doesn't matter what you did this morning. Doesn't matter what argument you got on got in on the way to church in the car. Doesn't matter what happened when Jesus is here and you've got faith and you've got a need. You've got the right combination for God to do a miracle. And I know and believe that God is going to do the miraculous today. Turn to your neighbor, tell me glad to see them here. Amen. And turn to your other neighbor and tell them, the time is now. The time is now. After that, you may be seated. Almost took off preaching right there, but the James is behind the organ, you know, really amps you up. You get the microphone, the organ starts going. You don't know what's going to happen, you know. (laughs) The time is now. That's a topic I want to talk about for this next moment. And uh, I want to, to really bring this point out to the fact of where we are in the world. Now, I constantly talk about, I feel like every time I get behind a pulpit, I talk about the fact that we are in the last days, that we are indeed closer to the end than we are the beginning. Amen. I just found out somewhere within the White House, uh, my wife and I was talking about it. They hired recently, I believe it was a drag queen to holds some position of office and importance within the White House just within the last week or two some of you may know about this uh, new new news that's around and so my wife you know just kind of uttered after that she said Lord would you come quickly and understanding in the way that the world is going if you book, read the book of Revelation you understand in the end it says Lord, Lord come quickly so Lord come quickly and in the Understanding is that everything is going so wrong. Everything is backwards. Right is wrong and wrong is right. We live in a world and a society now that was not just 10 years ago. It wasn't like it was 15 years ago or even especially 20 years ago. And we live in a time where, you know, uh, you can believe that whatever you want to believe and your truth is good for you and my truth is good for me as long as we're good people in the world and we'll somehow make it and we'll get to where you know it is we want to go and we'll all be in heaven together is the common belief of the world as a matter of fact the world goes even further in telling us that it's all right to be a guy one day a girl the next day and whatever else in the world you want the day after that and hey that's all right if you want to be that and identify with that then that's an okay thing the world would tell you. So I want you to understand the Bible lets us know and prophesize to the very fact that in the last days, right will be wrong and wrong will be right. And in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. You talk about lovers of themselves. In the world that we live in, there is more talk about self-love and self-healing and self-help and self-this and me, me, me me, me, me constantly that you can find the answer within yourself. That's what the world will tell you. But the reality is this, that while the world for centuries has constantly throughout different eras of time has constantly looked for peace and love and joy they have looked within themselves and they could not find it they have looked uh, outside of themselves to other idols and other gods and other beliefs and other religions and they could not find it but when Jesus came into the world he became that lamb that was sacrificed he became that one that rose and literally defied death what I'm trying to tell somebody today is that though we are at the end and though things will probably get worse worse and not get better if Jesus is going to come I don't think things are going to get better before he returns right but I recognize that we will have need of a savior and so in the world that we are living in I'm challenging somebody to cling to Jesus I'm challenging somebody that while the world is messed up don't store up your treasures in this world but rather store up your treasures in a heavenly realm where moth and rust doth not corrupt what I'm trying to tell somebody today is we are indeed in the end uh, and so your worship matters that much more we are indeed in the very last days uh, and so your prayers matter that much more the times you get a hold of god it matters that much more because he could be coming at any moment at any time you may be seated the book of Esther chapter four tells us that there was a, an evil, uh, you know, man, Haman, who was coming against the children of God. And so as he would come against, he would get the decree uh, with the king to, to say, you know what? We're going to destroy the children of Israel. We're going to wipe them out from the face of this kingdom. And that was the largest then known kingdom of the world in that particular era and so Haman devised the plan we're going to destroy the Jews just because I don't like them I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they talk, you know. And Haman was nitpicking at all these things. That just because I don't like them, we're going to destroy them. We're going to have the king sign a decree because he's my buddy. And we're going to figure this out. That They would all be wiped out. And so Esther finds herself in this particular moment in time that she finds herself the queen of the nation that is going to wipe her people out. And so there she is in this particular place where she could literally be the life-saving piece in the part of this puzzle so she she comes as her uncle mordecai sends servants and he says look tell esther that if she doesn't get involved we're gonna die All of the children of Israel are going to die and tell her, don't think that she's going to get away with it somehow because she's the queen and she thinks she's special. She's a Jew just like every one of us. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but Mordecai tells the servants, go let her know the severity of the matter is simply that she needs to do whatever it will take, whatever that means to get before the king to reverse the decree. Now, the problem in this time is that it was unlawful for anybody. They didn't live in a time like we do, you know, democracy, and you get a vote for this and vote for that. And if you don't like it, you can protest, you know, as many days as you want. They didn't do none of that stuff. Back in this day, they had a king. He said what goes, and that's it. And so in this time, it was a law that you could not come before the king into his throne room unless you were invited. Now, if you came on exception into the throne room and you were not invited and he decided to send forth or allow the scepter to go forth in acceptance to you, then you could keep your life. Now, that's a pretty wild rule to know that there's a building. If you walk in uninvited, you would die. I mean, think about that for a moment. It'd be like walking, you know, into a, a city hall, and if the 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 mayor decides he don't like you that day, he can say, "Well, your life is over." And so Esther is literally living in a time where she is that missing link, that piece that can literally bring life and salvation to the Jews in which they are already damned to die. They've already been set out to die. It's in the decree. And so she tells Mordecai, she said, you know, well, tell, she tells the servants, go tell my uncle that they need to fast and they need to pray and we'll fast and we'll pray. And of course she was positioning herself for favor with God that when she would go before the king that he would not kill her. But what I, what I really appreciate about this is I don't think that Esther growing up as a young lady imagined herself in this predicament. Would you go with me for a moment? I don't think that Esther really pictured within herself as a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, even seven-year-old young girl. You know, I'm told that young girls, they fantasize about the day they're going to get married. They fantasize about who's going to be in there. My wife's told me, you know, who's going to be in the wedding or, you know, what, what colors am I going to wear? How big is the cake going to be? And all that stuff. Can all the single sisters out there say amen? All right, so I'll make sure y'all are with me. They fantasize about what's going to be and, you know, who's going to be that, that uh, knight in shining armor, you know, that who's going to be that groom is going to be tall, dark, and handsome, or is going to be short and bald and otherwise, you know, I'm just kidding. And so they'll constantly, well, you know, who, who's it going to be? What's it going to look like? You know, what's his name going to be? And they'll dream about it, think about it and whatnot. You know, it's a, it's a, con- Esther was among those young ladies. She was among those people that would imagine this great glorious life for herself. And now she finds herself unprepared, unequipped in a kingdom, in a place in which she could literally has the answer, could go before the king and either die or live. I don't think that Esther planned within her life, well, I'm going to be that one missing link. I'm going to be that young lady that literally brings uh, salvation. I will stand in the gap one day. I don't think uh, that was within the time that she was playing with her dolls. Uh, I don't think that that's what she imagined going before the king and in her life to come. But it just so happened that she finds herself in that predicament. It just so happened that as life went on, she found herself in that place where she's literally standing in the gap and she's literally at a crossroads where she could lose her life. A lot of uh, people would say, theologians would say that uh, she was probably about 17 years old or 18 years old. Some would even say younger than that, that she was within that uh, teenage age still. But in that time, of course, she was a little bit more mature than some people today and so she's standing before the you know there that kingdom in this situation and I love what she says she says go tell Mordecai to fast and to pray tell all those in Shushan to fast and pray and then she just goes from zero to 100 first she's afraid and now she says and if I perish I perish I'm like man that's pretty cool because she's like you know just head up chest out hey if I die I die if I go I go How many of you had that idea in the world? Anybody? Raise your hand. I've heard some of my dad, you know, stories like, man, I, hey, if I, if I, if I'm gone, I'm gone. You know, that was the lifestyle I lived under. That's what, you know, they would say. Well, if I'm gone, I'm gone. And now Esther's on the other side of the fence living for God and and she's just as bad, if not even better, right? And she says, well, if I die, I die. But I'm not going to go and just say, well, I guess this is my time. I guess it's all over because I realize that there is a need that is is taking place. I recognize that if I stand in the gap, something can change, something can happen. I realize we are in the time in the world that mirrors some of what's going on or what happened in the Bible. We are in a time, maybe not you're going to go into a building and die, but what I'm telling you is we are in a time and place where it's no longer okay to be a believer. We're in a time and a place uh, where this world is so backwards and so wrong. Uh, Now that you're an apostolic believer, they don't want you to be as radical as the Bible tells us to be. They don't want you to believe as radical as the Bible tells us to believe, but I believe uh, that there are people in this building right now maybe you didn't plan to be in this position uh, to be apostolic in this era but I believe in this era we don't need weak apostolics Uh, I believe in this era we need people to recognize man uh, if I die I die if it don't work out the way I thought it was that's all right but I'm gonna be in the house of God on Sunday Uh, I'm gonna magnify the Lord on Monday Uh, I'm gonna continue to raise my children uh, in the things of God no matter what comes my way because I realize that I'm here to stand in the gap so we may be unequipped you might feel like maybe esther recognized man my past mistakes things that i i've done things i've said didn't really doesn't qualify me for where i am and i recognize it may not qualify you for where you are but that's the beauty of the love of jesus christ uh, is that when his blood was shed he automatically qualified you uh, to make heaven your home Uh, when his blood was shed and you went down into the waters uh, when you were filled with the gift of the holy ghost uh, you had authority over sin. Uh, all of a sudden, you got power over depression, and power over fear, and power over suicidal thoughts, power over lust, power over the spirits of the world you may say man but i i wasn't prepared for this thing my mom wasn't in the home my dad left me a long time ago don't even know his name or who he was Uh, my siblings we don't get along Uh, i didn't have the perfect cookie cutter family but i'm here to let somebody know esther was an orphan too uh, and she recognized man i've been sent uh, to the kingdom for such a time as this Uh, i want to tell somebody today the time to be apostolic uh, is upon us now if you were ever going to live for god it better be now if you were ever going to walk for god it better be now because there's jesus that's coming so soon why don't you clap your hands and magnify the name of the lord We don't have time to be sad. Uh, We don't have time to walk around depressed. Uh, We don't have time to walk around comparing yourself uh, to your brother or your sister. We don't have time for all of that. Uh, Jesus is coming very soon. Uh, We've got to tell the world about him. Uh, We've got to be the light uh, in a dark world that we are in. uh, Because you've been sent uh, to the kingdom uh, for such a time as this. You say, man, but I've been struggling uh, with the same sins that keep creeping up. Uh, Well, guess what? Keep getting back up when you fall as long as you get back up. Uh, That's what the righteous man really is. Uh, The righteous fall, but the righteous get back up. You don't have to be perfect moses wasn't you don't have to be the best Uh, you don't have to be even the purest and the cleanest david most certainly was not samson uh, absolutely was not uh, the ideal cookie cutter man of god uh, but he recognized god uh, if you just give me one more chance uh, if you give me one more opportunity uh, i won't let this enemy uh, come against me Uh, and god gave him the power that he needed trying to tell somebody today to persevere i'm trying to tell somebody today to keep on going i'm trying to tell somebody today don't go with your head held down uh, but pick your head up and continue walking uh. why because you are an apostolic believer and you have been sent to the kingdom for such a time as this you have been sent to to the kingdom in this era i believe it with all my heart that you have been chosen handpicked he told jeremiah i knew you before you were in the womb and he said i chose you to prophesy to be an anointed prophet among the nations you know what jeremiah's response was but lord i am a child and he surely was and the lord responded say not i'm a child why because i have sent you He didn't say, say not I'm a child because you'll grow into your calling. He didn't say you know what you'll one day be what i want you to be he said no, no no say not today that you're a child don't say you're a child even right now not because you're you're going to grow up in a couple of years not because you're going to start maturing in a little bit of time he said but because i have sent you and that's all you need to be a man of god that's all you need to be a woman i feel the holy ghost that's all you need to do something great for god i don't care who you are where you came from as long as you've been baptized in the water and filled with the holy ghost uh, you've got the name of jesus uh, on side on you uh, and you've got the power of him living on the inside the time is now to be apostolic the time is now to hold your head up the time is now to walk in joy the time is now to not worry about what's going on in the world forget about it they can have it it'll all come to nothing Uh, you can have all the money you can have all the cars uh, you can have whoever it is you want it doesn't matter to me Uh, this is not my home Uh, i'm looking to a home uh, that is heaven i can't wait to get to the streets of gold Uh, i can't wait to get past the pearly gates I can't wait till this old flesh will no longer pull me down You said, man, well, I want to be spiritual like so-and-so. I want to walk like so-and-so. I want to live righteous like so-and-so. Man, these examples that are all around me, can I tell you we don't have much time for you to really get it all together. The day is upon us right now. The day of salvation is today. If you were ever going to think about getting right with God, if you were ever going to think about going into an altar and praying through, that time is upon us here this Sunday afternoon. I'm telling you that Jesus is in the building, that his blood still runs warm, and that you can still be saved here today. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? There's anybody that's ever been delivered. There's anybody that's ever been healed. Uh, Anybody that's ever been saved. Uh, You knew it wasn't because you were good enough. Uh, You knew it wasn't because you were the best of the best. Uh, But it was simply because of his love. Uh, Simply because of his grace. Daniel chapter three, the three Hebrew boys, they, they face persecution. The time and the era in this particular kingdom was the greatest, one of the greatest kingdoms in the world. You read about it in history. and you, They were one of the largest kingdoms of the then known world. The three Hebrew boys were faced with an, an option. You will be faced with an option. How many of you know that? You will be faced with an option whether you want to serve God or not. I'm going to get a little transparent here. I, uh, I got a few friends that uh, graduated Bible college along with me uh, a few years ago. And they went off into ministry, go be pastors and do the work of God and whatnot. And uh, today, you know, I've talked to some of them and some of them were kind of just sitting on the pew. And one of them said, well, I'm not sure, you know, if I'm going to even be a minister anymore. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I should just turn in my My card, he said, you know, which I understand is is not what makes you a minister. But to him, that was a very important thing, you know. And he said, well, you know, I... I uh, maybe i was just turning my card and you know i just kind of you know live a good life and and have a job and and whatnot and you know i was really hurt he said you know by those that were uh, but my pastor and, and by others in the ministry they they talked about me they said this and they said that and he began describing what was going on i understood and i i heard what he was saying i understood the hurt and i i realized I said man you know I, I i understand what it is you know i've i've been there you know a time before people saying something you're like whoa 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 that's that's not what I said. That's not how I said it. That's not really me. And they can misconstrue what's going on. And, and people begin to gossip and things begin to grow. You have an option, I'm telling them, whether you're going to allow that to get you down and say, well, I guess this is where, you know, the end is. I guess this is the end of the road for me. You know, I guess those prayers I prayed really, you know, only go this far. And when you decide to give up what you say as well, I remember when God anointed me, but I guess that anointing only goes this far far when you decide well I guess this is kind of my last moments my last hour maybe I should just quit going to church maybe I should quit loving God you decide right then and there well my prayer really only lasts so much only lasts and goes so far can I tell somebody today you will have an option Uh, the enemy will absolutely give you my brothers an opportunity if you ever want an opportunity to leave uh, the enemy will give you an opportunity and God will allow the opportunity opportunity to come uh, but my sisters you've got to decide uh, for yourself uh, no matter what comes my way uh, no matter how difficult it gets uh, no matter what the door looks like uh, no matter how much greenery looks uh, on the other side uh, I'm telling you I am going to stand for the things of God The three Hebrew boys, I don't know if that's going to help me preach longer or preach shorter, bro, but three Hebrew boys are standing before the king, and the king says, we'll give you another chance, and We've made an idol up there and we're going to blow the horn and the, and we're going to blow the, you know, different instruments and, and the harp. We're going to play. And, and when you hear these instruments, you've got to bow. You understand? You're going to bow to the, that idol just like everybody else. He goes on to tell them and, and they look and say, all right, you know, well, you know, uh, w- I want you to understand something, King. We uh, are not going to bow. I love their response. You want to know why? Because they look at the King and they say, King, we're not even careful to answer you. That's what the Bible says. They look at the King and we're like, I'm not even careful to answer you. How many you ever gone before your boss you're like, boss, pff, that's easy. I'm not even going to think about that one. You know your boss is important, right? You're like, hold on. Okay, let me, let me get my flashcards out real quick. Let me think about this. Okay, wh- how am I going to say this? I got to word it the right way. If I word it the right way, anybody? Thank you, brother, for your honesty. I appreciate that. All the rest of you should be running the aisles right now in honesty go before the boss and you're like boss okay i got a meeting you're sweating you're sweating oh i got a meeting you know when you go before the boss i mean it's yes sir no sir you know yes ma'am no ma'am whatever it may be and oh yeah yeah absolutely uh-huh uh-huh i mean you make sure you're whatever you're wearing that tie whatever it may be your boots are tied and whatnot i mean you make sure everything is going right they look at the king of the then known world three Ruddy Hebrew boys that don't really know a whole lot. They've been in the kingdom. They recognize that this king is, is the stuff. And he looks at them and says, hey, listen, we're going to hire up the fire. If you don't bow, we're throwing you in. They look at him and they say, well, king, we're not even careful to answer you. I mean, thats that's some Esther stuff right there, right? <laughs> if I perish, I perish. But let me let you know something real quick. And they look at the king and say, look, we're not, as a matter of fact, that's the easy one. Why? Because we've already made up our mind, king. Well, I want you to understand something, that God is surely able to deliver us. And so they've got a whole lot of faith when they say that. But watch this. Then they go one step deeper and they say, and king, oh yeah, if he doesn't deliver us, we still aren't going to bow. Now, let me explain. This is where faith says God can God will, he will heal your daughter. This is where faith says it will absolutely happen. I believe God can and I believe God will. That's what faith does. That's what faith says, right? But trust is one step deeper. And trust is what the three three Hebrew boys walked in. They said, but even if he doesn't, we still will not bow. Why? Because we realize we're in the will of God. And because we're in the palm of God's hand, uh, if he wants us to fall to ashes and burn to nothing, uh, and this life is over now, then that's all right with me why because God has got my best interest in mind can I tell somebody today you've got to make up your mind before you walk out of those doors that time is upon us we don't have time to mess around we don't have time to think about it we've got to get right with God and live under the Lord would somebody clap your hands and magnify God That king looks at the boys and he wants to understand something. He was a, a power. He was a king physically. Naturally, we recognize that. But in the spirit realm, he was uh, the prince of that air, no doubt about it. Uh, he had authority, and what he spoke began to happen. Uh, and so the enemy began to speak to those three Hebrew boys, uh, begin to tell them, look, uh, we're going to make it worse for you if you don't quit. Uh, we're going to make it even worse. How many ever thought that before? But if I pray through, I know that when I get home, the enemy is going to start messing with my stuff. You're sitting at church, and you're like, but if I pray through, but if I really try, you know, there's a brother, brother Sergio and I, we, we go play some golf sometimes and they say, man, you know when prayer revival gets started, bro, things start happening. Is that right? He tell me that things start happening we all know that prayer revival gets going I remember as a kid prayer revival get going and then all of a sudden people start well I'm not going to serve God anymore well you know I'm out of here forget this and it just starts stirring everything up and and people could be afraid of even coming to God and and trying to pray more and fast more and seek God more simply because you hear the voice of the enemy speaking in your ear well I'm going to turn up the flame man I'm going to make it worse I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that I wish somebody would just kind of rise up like the three Hebrew boys. Uh, I wish somebody would rise up uh, like Esther and say well if I perish I perish Uh, but man I'm going to get right with God Uh, I'm going to give it all I've got I'm going to pray till I can't pray no more. I'm going to believe till I can't believe anymore. I've got something living on the inside and it's like the prophet said it's like fire set up in my bones Why don't somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord When you begin to realize... The power of God that's flowing here in this world, the power of God that wants to flow through you. You begin to rise up like my friend Jacob Torres. He was preaching down in Skid Row one day and, and he was out there with everybody and he said, man, I believe I was anointed. I'm anointed to preach, but nobody was calling me to preach. So he said, I grabbed one of those horns and I literally went out to the side of the street to start preaching. And he said, man, I'm telling them God has formed you. God has known you since you were before you were ever formed in the womb he's preaching literally on the side of the street that's apostolic you know i really believe that if you all understood that we're in the last days there'd be more people doing that all right i just lost everybody they're like whoa, whoa you want to start preaching on the street you want me to get out of my comfort zone is that what you're talking about and jacob Torres is out there side of the street the blow horn starting to preach and God loves you and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden he said, it was a man who was looked like he was a little strung out. And he said, that guy got up and when that guy got up, he came over to where Jacob was and he, he said he put out the brass knuckles put out the knife and he said hey man he said I, this is the only life I know bro this is all I understand he, and he gave the brass knuckles and the knife to my friend and when he gave it to my friend he said uh, you know I, this is all I've got man. this is all I know my friend said well this is your weapon now and he picked up the bible and he said here you go my friend this is your sword now man and he laid hands on that guy and that guy started speaking with other tongues uh, as God gave him the utterance right there in the middle of the street Thank mm-hmm. you you know sometimes we're a little bit too embarrassed well we're a little bit too worried about you know how unequipped we are what's going to happen or if it doesn't happen or man what if it might not ha- i know i'm talking to somebody i know it might not happen you know what if i lay hands on the brother next to me in lifeline and what if it doesn't happen i gotta sleep with the brothers they all know that i didn't have faith or they all know that it didn't work out the right way right and you begin to talk about all of that and believe all of that uh, but god's looking for somebody that said man if i perish i perish if it don't work it don't work but i'm gonna pray again again i'm gonna believe again i'm gonna go ahead and dance again i'm gonna worship again you know if it didn't work the first time i'm gonna come to the altar again i'm gonna persevere why don't you clap your hands one more time i feel jesus here right now i feel Like somebody wants to let loose right now. Why don't you go ahead and clap your hands and shout into God. I feel like there's somebody in this building that said, man, that's me. I'm going to go ahead and keep on keeping on. I'm going to get up when the enemy wants me down. Uh, He might have his his foot on my neck, but I'm going to keep on moving on. I'm going to get up in the name of the Lord uh, because I've got God on my side. And if God is for me, uh, nobody can be against me. Why don't you all stand to your feet together. If all the musicians are here, that means I've preached too long. That's what I used to mean growing up. I want to tell you something that we have in this last hour, the greatest power this world has ever known. I mean, y'all believe that. Say amen. We've got the greatest power this world has ever known. Is there anybody, if there's anybody today that walks out of this place and said, man, I, I didn't get a breakthrough. I didn't get a touch. I didn't get delivered. I'm still walking out the same way that I walked in. I want you to understand that's up to you. Amen. Because when you take that first step and say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to serve God anyway. I'm going to get to the altar. I'm going to believe anyway. The man on Skid Row, he came up to disrupt the whole service, said, man, I don't want this anymore. And God said, all right, there it is. I'm going to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Oh. No matter who you are, no matter what's going on. i've said this before but you don't go into a room that's already lit up and start turning on the lights you go into a dark room and start turning on the lights right and so that lets us know that light is attracted to the darkness and so because jesus is the light of the world the darker it gets the more his power begins to flow the darker it gets the more of a need there is for his power and love in this world I remember going downtown Wisconsin walking up and down the street and there was a man there on the on the bus stop as you remained standing I remember a man there on the bus stop and- i went over where he was i said bro let me tell you something jesus wants to touch you today i said my name is jesse let me tell you about a miracle and i started telling about a miracle and i told him about a lady that got up out of a wheelchair and jesus healed both of her legs and jesus instantly healed her body and his eyes just opened wide up we didn't have service we didn't got the the organ going like we did we do right now you know we didn't have good anointed worship like we did a moment ago just me and that man on the bus stop and i'm praying jesus would you show up because i know when you show up everything be all right and so i started talking to the man i said man let me tell you something you need the gift of the holy ghost some of you might say man but but you know i don't know how to pray anybody through well if you get like esther a little bit and say well you know what if it don't work it don't work if it didn't happen it didn't happen but i'm not gonna quit trying i'm not gonna quit believing things will begin to happen so I looked at the man I said bro I'm telling you you need the gift of the Holy Ghost gotta fill you with his spirit right now you believe that and he looked at me he said well what is it and I said I'm glad you asked man the Holy Ghost is, is receiving the Holy Ghost when the spirit of God comes to live inside of you and when he comes to live inside of you man I'm telling you you receive joy you'll receive love you've been looking for you receive peace you've been longing for I mean everything that you have been searching for out there the, the, the pleasures of the world cannot compare to the power of the spirit of god when it comes and lives inside of you I said, bro, you'll start speaking with other tongues just like the Bible says. And when Jesus fills you with his spirit, it'll be the greatest moment of your life. And he looked at me and he said, man, well, I think I'm ready. I said, if you're ready, God will fill you right now on the side of the street under this bus stop awning. And God will fill you with the gift uh, of his spirit right now. He said, right now. I said, yes. Uh, He lifted up his hands after asking God for forgiveness, sincerity in his heart. uh, And with his eyes closed, he lifts his head up toward heaven I laid hands on him and all of a sudden that guy started speaking with other tongues as the spirit of God gave him the utterance I'm telling you today that the time to be apostolic is upon us if you say well I don't know what that is the time to pray through is upon us for the people of God here today the time to walk in authority is upon us the time to walk in love is upon us the time to be the light of the world is upon us now all over this place why don't you close your eyes lift up your hands for a moment would you do that all over this place and I want you to lift your voice there is an urgency here right now there is an urgency upon us right now would you lift up your voice right now would you lift up your hands in the name of Jesus Christ would you do that go ahead all over this building all over this building right now